Welcome to the Unstoppable Moms Health and Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Breen, and here we bring busy mamas like you seriously effective tips for balancing a healthy lifestyle with real life chaos. The chaos of raising tiny humans while still trying to have those magical moments to yourself. Not to mention your partner, your job, your social life, and all the things. If you're looking for the how-to for creating a healthy lifestyle for your family, actionable tips for losing weight in a healthy way, aka no diets and no sketchy pills that just make you run to the bathroom, and finding wellness without the overwhelm, welcome mama, you are in the right place. And welcome back to the podcast today. Just to give you a little info before we get started, there's a thunderstorm going on outside. I'm going to go ahead and record this anyways and just hope we don't get any thunder in the background. But if you can hear it, I'm really sorry. We'll try and cut out parts where there is an especially loud boom, but I'd rather not let nature stop me from recording this episode this morning. So today we're talking about how to explain or how to talk to your kids about your diet. Now, before we go any further, I just want to clarify what I mean by the word diet, because as you know, I am very anti-diet, so it may be a little confusing seeing the title of this episode and seeing the word diet in there. I'm not promoting a diet. like Heck no, absolutely not. What I mean by diet is what makes up the foods that you eat, not restriction or anything like that. I started thinking about making this episode because my daughter August is turning two in just a few weeks, so she doesn't ask questions about food yet. However, she has started to speak in sentences, and I know after sentences come the questions. And I think it's best to be prepared for when your kids do ask questions about food so that you can explain it to them in a way that helps form a healthy relationship with food versus being caught in the moment and not knowing exactly what to say. And then maybe you therefore fumble over your words. You don't really give them an answer that satisfies their question. So I'm sure August won't be asking questions about food tomorrow, but I have been thinking lately about how I want to explain food to her in order to help her have a positive relationship with food. Talking to kids about food is honestly rather a new concept for many parents because they grew up with the mindset of, you know, Eat what's on your plate and don't ask questions. Not only that, but eat everything on your plate until it's clean. And, you know, maybe they had the blanket, veggies and fruit are good, candy and ice cream is bad, but that was about it. Parents nowadays are much more willing to have the conversation with kids of why we eat what we eat, what certain foods do for our body, and how we can make our bodies feel good as kids grow and throughout our lifetime. Oh, great. It's raining now. So there's the additional bonus of that with this episode. Well, maybe it'll be just the soothing sounds of rain for you. Anyways, I think this can be attributed to a lot of parents realizing their own relationships with food or diet culture mindset they've experienced and wanting to create a different experience for their kids. Negative and unhealthy relationships with food and the correlation between food and body image can start very young. So this is not a I'll explain it to you when you're older sort of topic. I've mentioned before that I was 10 when I started having body image issues and thinking that I needed to change what I eat or stop eating certain foods so I could be quote unquote skinny. Even though I wasn't a larger child growing up, I still felt that I wasn't skinny. And I knew and understood the correlation between that and food. 
And 10 is a common age for this to happen, for girls at least. I'm not sure if it's different for boys, but I know for girls, around 10 years old is common for those body image issues to start to form. So talking about our diet, meaning the food we eat, not restriction again, with our kids. One of the first things I want to talk about is why your plates might look different from theirs or different from other people in your family. Now, you may be trying to lose weight, but as you have heard me talk about before, I would encourage you not to go on a typical diet. I won't get into that today, but you can find other episodes on losing weight in a healthy way without dieting or the typical severe restriction, 1200 calorie BS diet that I know you have heard about or even tried before. Two episodes I would suggest are episode 19, which is eating on a hunger scale, and episode two, which is four healthy weight loss tactics. I also have a five-day guide if weight loss is something that you are interested in. It is a five-day weight loss jumpstart, and it is five days of healthy tactics that you can implement into real life to help you jumpstart your weight loss and start losing weight in a healthy way by changing some habits and getting more in tune with your body versus just telling your brain and your body to be quiet while you feed it nothing. But no matter what, you need to make changes that you can see yourself making for the long run. Restricting yourself in those extreme diets, they they never work out in the end. They often backfire. A lot of people who do lose weight on them end up gaining all of the weight back and then more. So I don't want to go on too much about that topic today of diets and restriction and all of that. You can find more of that in other episodes, but today we're talking about why our plates may look different. And if you are trying to lose weight, that is one of the reasons why your plate could look different from your kids. So the first is different servings or different portion sizes. For instance, my husband, August, and I, we all have three very different looking plates, even if it is the same meal, which I do not do that to dinner tango. August eats what my husband and I eat, and my husband eats what I make. My husband has many talents, but cooking It's not one of them. So I tend to take that over about 99% of the time. So our three plates look very different. And if you have multiple children or multiple people in your family that are sitting down at a meal, plates are going to look different. My husband generally eats more food than I do. So he has more on his plate. I have less. If kids ask why there are different amounts of food on plates, this is an opportunity to teach them about listening to their body and their fullness cues. The amount on my plate is the right amount of food for my body to be full. If I'm not full, I can always get more. Different bodies need different amounts of food because food gives us energy and some people need more food to provide more energy than others do. It's simply breaking it down into why we even eat food in the first place, which is for energy and to power our bodies. And depending on the age of your kids, you don't have to go into all the different ways that food works in your body. You could just give the blanket of energy and powering their bodies and helping them grow. Because obviously, the younger your kids, the less and less they are going to be interested in and maybe even your older kids, the mitochondrial level that we can get down into. Ooh, mitochondria. Talk about that biology throwback word, right? Okay, we're just going to continue on. Now, depending on what I make, our plates may also look different in terms of the servings that we have. If I really like a particular vegetable, or perhaps my husband doesn't like that particular vegetable, I'll have more, he'll get less. 
August isn't a fan of certain foods, so I still put it on her plate for her to try. But because I know in the past she hasn't been a fan of whatever food it is, I'm not going to give her a very large serving of it. If your child sits down at the table and they see you have a lot of vegetables on your plate, or maybe you don't have a lot of vegetables on your plate and they do, or your partner has more or less, they could be wondering, well, why don't you have any Brussels sprouts? But I have Brussels sprouts on my plate and dad has Brussels sprouts on his plate. Answer honestly, I don't really buy into the whole idea of lying to kids constantly. They're smart enough one day they're going to figure it out and I feel we underestimate kids a lot and how observant they are and they'll figure it out before we can correct ourselves. Be honest with them. If you are the one with a lot of vegetables on your plate, tell them your body is wanting a lot of vegetables so that's why you're eating a lot of those at dinner tonight. Or explain to them how eating vegetables makes your body feel. Or if they're asking why you aren't eating a certain food, tell them. For example, we'll just use pasta. You can explain to them that maybe eating too much pasta makes you feel tired afterwards, but eating a little pasta and more vegetables or chicken or whatever else is on your plate keeps you feeling good. You can say you love pasta and enjoy eating it, but also you know your body feels best if you eat this amount and not the amount that, you know, Jim, Pam, and Michael are eating. And yes, that was a reference to The Office. Depending on the age, and again, let's be honest, interest level of your kids, you could even break it down for them. Tell them how pasta, and again, just using pasta as an example, is a carbohydrate which are a great source of energy for your body and brain and gives you energy quickly after eating it. Explain to your kids that their bodies are different from your body. Your body is different from their body. Everybody is different and therefore needs different foods and different balances, and that's why it's important for them to listen to their bodies. Humans are born knowing how to recognize their hunger and fullness. That's why babies cry when hungry and stop eating on their own when they're full. So as parents, we don't have to teach them that. We just have to make sure we don't unteach them that. Encourage them to stay connected to those cues because as we get older, it's very easy to ignore them. Going out to restaurants, for example, America has, I guess we'll use the word notoriously large portion sizes. I grew up with it, so I'm used to it, but we hear often from people who visit our country how large our portion sizes are. But also, a lot of us have the mindset that we need to eat until our plate is empty. So when we're going out to eat and we're having these very large portion portion sizes, along with this mindset, that can easily lead to overeating and overriding those fullness cues that even though we may be feeling them, we start to ignore them. And as your kids get familiar with eating out at restaurants, this is one of the reasons why it's important for them to know what those hunger and fullness cues feel like in their body and recognize them and be comfortable stopping when they're full. When it comes to food your kids don't like, let's just use the poor Brussels sprout as an example. I like Brussels sprouts, but I know that they're hated on. A lot of people do not like them. Poor things. We'll use them as an example. I think it's best to explain, and again, this is age dependent, but why eating a variety of foods is important and what that can help our bodies do. My personal stance is not to force my child to eat what she doesn't like, but continuously giving her the opportunity to try it. 
So although kids may not like Brussels sprouts and they're on the menu tonight, tell them Brussels sprouts help keep their body strong with vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, plus they're high in fiber. I'll let you decide how in-depth you'd like to go with fiber and how much poop talk you allow at your dinner table, but explain to them just a little bit of what Brussels sprouts can do. So what do vitamins help us do? What do minerals help us do? What the heck are antioxidants? Because kids don't know. It's okay to acknowledge that some foods may be yummier to us than other foods, but it's still important to get a variety of foods because they do different things for our body. I say this again and again, but having a very, very basic foundational knowledge of nutrition is so important so that you can explain what different foods and food sources are doing for your body and then you can explain it to your kids. You don't need to have a degree in nutrition or dietetics in order to know just the very, very basics. I'm talking super foundational here. Just taking it one or two steps further and breaking that food down just a tiny bit will help not only you understand, but you can explain it to your kids in a way that they can understand. Okay, so the next thing I would like to talk about when it comes to food and our kids and having that conversation is counting. So whether it is counting calories or you are taking it deeper and tracking your macros or if you count your carbs or something like that, I'm not a huge fan of counting calories as it leads into a cycle of feeling stressed out when you don't know the calories in a dish or you haven't calculated your calories. However, I'm not completely against it once in a while. If you would like to track or see a little more in depth where your nutrition is at, or if you are interested in weight loss, tracking your calories or your macros for a week or two can be helpful in order to understand what types of nutrition you're currently getting and see where you can make small changes. I do understand that it is easier when you see it all down on paper broken down versus just kind of guessing in your mind what you may be providing for your body at the moment and what you may want to provide for your body in the future. So if you are tracking or you have a certain health reason why you need to track your food, kids are going to ask and they're going to want to know why are you tracking and do they need to do that one day? Do they need to do it now? Do they need to watch how many carbs they are getting? How can we explain this to kids in a way that doesn't support negative diet thinking? So if you're not doing it for a health reason, and I mean like a medical health reason, such as you have diabetes or something, if you're doing it because you want to see where your diet currently is or because you're interested in losing weight and maybe you need to make some changes, explain in terms of energy. So going back to energy and what food provides for us. Food at the end of the day is nutrients your body converts to energy sources. You can explain to them, I'm curious to see where my different sources of energy are coming from and how much of each energy source is my body getting. Explain how maybe you feel your body needs different energy sources or you're going to start focusing on different sources for your body. If you have a medical reason for tracking, like your carbohydrates for diabetes, these are your kids, obviously. So you're going to make the best decision for them and you're going to explain it to them in a way that you feel comfortable as a parent. However, I believe explaining to kids in an honest way that they can understand is best. Using diabetes as an example, you could tell them, my body is sensitive if I eat too many carbohydrates. 
You could explain to them what happens when you eat too many carbs and why it's important that you stick to a certain number. You can explain what certain foods contain more or less carbs. You could say, I still enjoy foods with carbs, but my body feels best if I eat X amount in a day. Okay, I just did an episode about eating on the hunger scale for weight loss, and again, that is episode 19. It's directly from my five-day weight loss jumpstart guide, which is five days of tactics you can use to start creating healthier habits for sustainable weight loss, not stupid diet restriction that leaves you starving. You can get the full guide for free at unstoppablemomsfitness.com slash five day, and that's the number five day. But if you listen to that episode or have the five day guide and are practicing eating on the hunger scale and dinner comes around or whatever meal that you're sharing with your kids and you're not hungry, you have two options to honor your hunger or rather your lack of hunger and not eat and therefore possibly get questioning from your kids about why you're not eating. Or your second option is to make yourself eat even though you're not hungry. Explaining to your kids why you're not eating when you're not hungry really boils back down to the fact that food is nutrients that your body converts into energy sources. We use it in different ways such as growing and playing and learning. When we feel hungry, our body is telling us we need to eat, but your body doesn't feel hungry right now, so you'll eat later if you get hungry. Now, I do know someone who has started using the hunger scale, and she encountered something like this. It was dinner time. She prepared dinner, but she wasn't hungry, so she didn't make herself a plate while the rest of her family got food. When they all sat down at the table, she was a little nervous about what maybe her kids might ask her or wonder why she wasn't eating. And honestly, I think I want to say her kids are seven or the child that asked is seven. And he was just like, mom, why aren't you eating? And she was just like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm not hungry right now. I'll eat later if I get hungry. And he just said, oh, okay. And kept on eating his dinner. So it's not like it's going to be a big deal. Kids, kids have questions. They get an answer that satisfies them. It was the honest answer. And then they move on. We're the ones that think it's a big deal for someone not to be eating at the table while the rest of the family is eating. It doesn't mean you have to ban yourself to the living room or something. You can still sit at the table and enjoy dinner with your family. You're just not hungry in that moment and you will eat later. If you do want to lose weight or you are losing weight currently, there may come a time when your kids ask why you look different or you know whatever their sweet little minds come up with. Go back to the reason why you decided to lose weight. And I think honesty again is important. However, focus on the inside instead of the out. You could say, my body feels better. This is what's best for my body. You could say, I wasn't sleeping very well and losing weight helps me sleep better. Or I love playing with you and this body allows me to do that for longer. Look back at why you decided to lose weight in the first place and your deeper reasons. And of course, speak about your body with love and kindness, even if that may be an area you're working on. Letting our kids know bodies and more importantly, the people those bodies make up are deserving of love no matter what their size is so important. 
I hope this episode gave you ideas on how to talk to your kids about food, especially as it applies to you, because we know they're always watching us and how we can encourage talking about food, what it does and how it makes our bodies feel. I'll post all links and episodes mentioned in the show description. You can also find all clickable links at unstoppablemomsfitness.com slash blog slash 22. And again, if you want to grab that five-day guide, you can grab that for free at unstoppablemomsfitness.com slash five-day. Love that episode and can't wait for more? Hit the subscribe button so you never miss a show. There's new episodes every Tuesday, but in the meantime, why not come on over and say hey on social? You can find me on the gram, and I say the gram because, you know, I'm a cool mom. You can find me on the gram at Unstoppable Moms Fitness. I'll talk to you next week.